0: Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
1: Today, we're going to continue our conversation about building productive marketing teams. Joining us again is Robert Glazer, who is the founder and CEO of Acceleration Partners, which is an award-winning global affiliate marketing agency delivering performance-based customer acquisition and partnership programs for the world's leading brands. Through their performance partnership program management framework, Acceleration Partners helps their clients create transparent, high-value programs that bring more customers, incremental sales, and faster growth. And today, Robert and I are going to wrap up our conversation by talking about the difference between hiring for local and remote employees. Okay, here's our conversation with Robert Glazer, founder and CEO of Acceleration Partners. Robert, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Day three, happy to be here.
1: Day three, we're going to land the plane today. We've talked a little bit about how to set your values and structures so you can build a high-performance marketing team, the process for recruiting and actually getting the people that you want in the door. And now we're going to talk a little bit about whether you need a door. Mm. In your mind, what's the difference in the trade-offs when you're hiring for local employees versus remote employees?
2: I think it's just a lot of this comes down to the type of business you have, where the talent is, where you're located. If you're a client service business, where are the clients? For us, we have an industry where the talent is very spread out, where we are client service and where a lot of what people are doing every day is interfacing with external partners. So all of those things led itself very well to remote work. When we started, we really would hire people anywhere. We started to get bigger. We tried to get together as a company. We'd really tried to focus on being kind of award-winning culture. And we actually found that the anywhere was starting to get really strained. When we did an event, we'd have to fly in people from 50 places and connecting flights. And it was hard. So we actually sat down about four or five years ago and said, this probably isn't going to scale for us, but the type of culture we want to build. And we settled on a hub city structure, which was that people would work from home, but we would pick four or five key cities. We build concentration in those cities so that we could interview, meet people, have socialization. People working from home don't want to be in traffic an hour each day. They don't not want to see people. <laughs> and a lot of our people are on the phone all day and stuff. So going into an office and then being on the phone all day isn't that great. So we actually found that to be really the key thing. And what happens is twice a year, our president and some people leadership team fly to five of the hubs in a 10-day period. And then we're able to meet with the entire company. So that's what worked for us. I think you're seeing people forced to try it these days. There's all types of different models, but we we love the focus on flexibility and we love the focus on outcomes.
1: So you have a entirely remote team, but you're localizing the remote employees so you can get groups within your organization together. When you're putting your team together, are you hiring all the marketing team in San Francisco and all the engineering team in Boston? Or is it a hodgepodge of all? Is it just dependent on what the role is?
2: All of our account managers are in marketing sort of by default, and they're really spread out across those hubs. Our corporate marketing team, which is really kind of part of our ops, tends to be a little more East Coast and Northeast. Our ops team is a little more centralized. Our delivery team is non-centralized. One of the things I should also point out, this is a key thing that no one tells you if you want a remote work job. Hiring job boards and hiring in general, it functions by city as a marketplace. It's really hard to hire everywhere. You'd have to pay for that job in infinite number of places or put in categories. So it's actually also a really interesting thing that we found was that We're not looking necessarily for people that have done remote work before. It's great if they have. So it can't just be like on a remote job board. It's got to be someone like in Chicago who's looking for a marketing account manager role. And we need to get in front of them where they are and where they're looking. I feel like
1: for people that are unfamiliar or don't have experience working or managing remote teams, it's scary, right? You feel like you're losing control over the team. You don't see the person sitting at their desk banging the phones, pounding the keyboards, all the sort of traditional ways that we evaluate whether someone is working hard or not.
2: Well, those are terrible ways to evaluate someone's performance, but... Of
1: course, of course. (laughs) But, you know, it's the empirical data of whether somebody is grinding or not.
2: Yes, that is the easy way. Yeah.
1: So talk to me a little bit about some of the trade-offs between working remotely and working in-house.
2: I think any organization should be set up to value outcomes, not inputs or time. We actually have a phrase, we don't value working hard, we value working smart. So we're pretty intentional about that. But what we do is very measurable. We have very clear outcomes for everyone and team. Those are made public to the organization. Everyone has a scorecard. Everyone's scorecard is public to everyone else. So we've tried to combine this accountability plus flexibility, which is you have the flexibility you want so long as you are accountable and hit your goals. If you think about salespeople, people don't care whether they were on the phone for 12 hours a day. They care if they closed a $100,000 sale that day. So the trade-offs are, I think, you need better systems in remote work to make sure you are connected, you know what people are doing, you have the accountability. A lot of times, people are a lot less distracted. That's the pro. The flip side is training and things like that, where you learn from osmosis are harder in remote work cross-functional sort of brainstorming. All the pros are cons. So in an office, all the ability to just knock on Ben's door and riff about something, which people talk about all the time as an advantage, that is true. But also knocking on Ben's door and distracting him when he's in his two hours of REM work for the day to talk about something is also proven to be pretty distracting. The data is actually pretty much out on open offices saying they were like the biggest catastrophe in the last 20 years. And they're so distracting that everyone's wearing noise-canceling headphones and slacking each other. So I don't think there's a right or wrong, but I think we need to rethink on either side what are our objectives and how are we managing success.
1: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, MutineX Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X.co. co. What are the cases where building an in-house team still makes sense in your mind?
2: So what I've heard from my friends and peers in different business groups Is the things that are most work well remotely are jobs where people are on the phone a lot of the day, where they're client service facing, so their contingency is sort of outside. Those are big factors. Where there is like manufacturing, engineering, marketing, more product oriented environments that need kind of cross functional decision teams where they need to kind of touch and feel what they're working on, those seem to be the environments that do better well with in-person. Although I do think everyone's kind of going to a hybrid. The remote people like having the spaces people go into. And I think particularly after we come out of this couple months, you're going to find a lot of even the traditional companies want to give people a little more flexibility.
1: Talk to me about some of the tools and technologies that you recommend when you're managing a remote team. You mentioned, you know, slacking each other and noise canceling headphones. What are some of the other tips and tools that you have to make sure that your team is comfortable and productive?
2: So we all keep schedules. You know, it's not just, hey, I'm home for the day, but everyone's schedule and calendar is available Videos are default. It always has been. You know, the first time sometimes with clients, now everyone's used to it. This is gonna be the accelerant of video. But people would like duck when Zoom came on. <laughs> I mean, they try to get out of the way. I'm sure you've seen this. And then after two calls, they're used to it. But I just think if in person's a ten and phone's a three, video's like an eight, you know, in terms of I can see when I've lost you. I can see when you're annoyed.
1: I just can't see if you stand up and you don't have pants on. That's really the difference.
2: Correct. So I'm not going to stand up. <laughs> you know, we also have really good knowledge repositories. We have learning management system. We have a knowledge management system where people can get information and see when it was last updated. And we spend a lot of time making sure that that stuff that I yell across the office, like, hey, Ben, who's the latest contact that ex-client goes into something where people can access that.
1: I think of the communication tools in a couple different buckets. One, there's how you actually going to communicate with someone. There's your Zoom conference, Slack, Microsoft Teams, Skype, whatever it's going to be, whether it's email, writing, video, chat. There's a bunch of different ways where you can actually communicate with your peers when you're remote. And then you mentioned some of the information management systems. We use Airtable for our content management system. We use Asana for our strategy. There's all of the sort of documentation of what's happening so people can get references. And then there's the actual housing of your content, your Dropbox, your financial institutions, all those things, the sort of operational components that you need as well.
2: Yeah. And the key is making sure everyone knows where to go where for what. We just got off a call, we were getting some feedback, people saying, I don't know, is this a question for a guru or knowledge manager? Like, should this be a guru or should we be slacking about this? In fact, there's probably too many cloud things these days. So we're trying to be really clear about which is a sort of a communication resource and which is an information resource. Because when you see someone in Slack asking the same question or something that should be in a knowledge management repository, you know that's when you start to realize that you have some loss of information there.
1: Absolutely. So last question I have for you, specifically for building marketing remote teams, you mentioned that marketing teams can be great for local, I run a remote marketing team, part of yours is remote as well. When you're thinking about building marketing specific teams, remote or local, where do you lean? What's the rule of thumb?
2: To me it's really just talent and it's making sure that the talent matches what you need. I don't think one or the other is better or not for marketing. And I think it's the type of marketing that you want to do. You also do need, like, you got to think about if you're doing product designs and you're whiteboarding, and I need to walk up to the whiteboard and cross off what you'd like. If that's kind of the work that we're doing on drawings, like, then that may need itself more towards kind of an in house team. If it's not, if it's a lot of writing and podcasts and content marketing and that sort of stuff, then I think a remote team is probably just as good as that. So it probably comes down to some nuance of what the organization's marketing needs are and what they look like. Like I say, content marketing, if that's a big part of your strategy, you don't need to be in the same room to do that at all.
1: I think you're tiptoeing around, I think the future is going to be remote employees. We mentioned <laughs> the beginning of the first part of our conversation. We're recording this during essentially the coronavirus outbreak.
2: You forced work from home experiment. Yeah.
1: There is very little loss. Sure, there are some things to gain in some circumstances. You could still get your team together without having them coming to an office all of the time. The world is shifting to allowing people to have more freedom. And I believe that with that, they are, for the most part, more productive and more comfortable if you're hiring the right people.
2: Yeah. And look, a lot of them have an hour commute each day. I always say, like, if we can split that with them, you know, if we get an extra hour of work and they get an hour of gym, everyone's happy.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I've been working remotely for a couple of years now. I've seen the other side, and and I think that's the direction we're heading. Sure, there's a purpose for a local team. Of course, that is. But even the people that are running local offices are starting to give more work from home options as well. Yeah. Okay. Robert, thank you for being our guest and walking through your thoughts on how to build a management team. You've written a book about this, which I can't believe we didn't actually mention until this point. Give us the, the <laughs> details of the book and tell us a little bit about it.
2: Yeah, my latest book, Elevate, is not maybe exactly about remote work, but is on how to use capacity building as a leadership strategy. And you can find that information also at robertglazer.com.
1: Robertglazer.com elevates the book. Robert's a smart guy. If you're interested in building a team and understanding how to manage capacity, highly recommend the book. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Robert Glazer, the founder and CEO of Acceleration Partners, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Robert, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Robert underscore Glazer. You could visit his personal website, robertglazer.com, or his company's website, which is accelerationpartnerswithans.com. Just one more link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You could subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is ben J. Schapp, benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P.